Welcome to another episode of Pit Pass NASCAR. I'm your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie is here. We are going to talk some news, I guess probably for the first actual time. We did predictions last week. We did driver movement. We did something else the week before that that I already forget about. So, yeah, we're going to touch on a bunch of stuff. No particular order. Frenchie has a few things that I don't have in front of me on my screen. But first up is The Clash, which is February 4th at the LA Coliseum again. New format this year. We'll get to probably the biggest question mark maybe afterward, um, after I kind of just highlight real quick. I'm not going to spend time diving into this. If you want, we'll post the graphic on the Pit Pass NASCAR socials after the episode comes out. The, so go follow it. Yes, go follow it. It's at Pit Pass NASCAR. The heat race starting lineup will be determined by the practice times from the three practice groups. There will be four heat races, 25 laps each. Green flag laps will only be counted. There will be no overtime. Love it. There will be a last chance qualifier race, which will be on Sunday. The main event feature will have 23 drivers down from 27, 150 lap race. And the first 22 spots in the feature lineup will be set through finishing positions in the heat race and the last chance qualifier. The 23rd and final spot is reserved for the driver who had the highest finishing 2023 season driver point standings who did not already transfer into the field. So not necessarily Ryan Blaney. It could be the you know somewhat down in the 2023 standings depending on if they qualify by the heat races or not. So that's the quick kind of nutshell version of it. I think the most frustrating thing about this, other than that there's a, you know, the format is slightly tweaked versus last year again, is that for whatever reason on Saturday, which has the heat races, while this will be on Fox Sports 1, there are no fans allowed for the practices or the heat races. Right now there is nothing about fans being there on Saturday, only on Sunday. Granted, there's still a lot of racing on Sunday, but it feels very weird to announce that so late in the game that, oh yeah, if you thought you were coming Saturday, you're not. So I don't... It it also seemed to take many NASCAR industry people by surprise, as we've seen on Twitter over the last couple days since the announcement came out about the format. So I don't know if you have any thoughts, but... Kind of weird to have this like marquee event at the start of the year and not allow fans in for the first day. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter that are very upset and are basically saying, I want a refund and I want to get rid of my tickets for Saturday. Why did I pay for this? I don't even want to go to the event anymore. And that's not a good look. So that's frustrating. I, I don't know why this happened, who made this decision. But I guess you would have an expectation if you saw the event last year or went to the event last year that it would be the same and you maybe renewed your tickets with the idea that, hey, I'll go Saturday and Sunday. It's a whole weekend of this racing in L.A. And especially if you're someone who's new to NASCAR, this is not going to go over well. And I just hope that it doesn't cause larger problems. 
and that they are able to make this right somehow for the people who are upset. Yeah, I'm sorry for the slight pause there. There's somebody laying on their horn outside of my apartment right now that's just like nonstop, which I guess is what you get in Philly, so I shouldn't be too surprised. It's Gunther Steiner. It's Gunther you Steiner. To our, to our open he listened wheel to the podcast. episode where I told him yeah. he should be a NASCAR driver and he's here to talk about it. And there are also people yeah. chopping up the ice in the parking lot outside, which they've been doing nice. like since I got home this morning. So I apologize if there's background noise, but yeah. Okay, what's, uh, let's see what's next. I forgot that I was doing... Why don't we talk what about, about the Netflix? Clash? There's another part of The Clash that I thought we should address. Yes. So, like last year, there was a... Oh, sorry. A yep, 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 yep. Go ahead. What did they call... I mean, they just... like During a break, they have a performer come out. And last year, it was Wiz Khalifa... If I remember correctly, I don't know if they had somebody else. I don't remember there being someone else that performed. Yeah, I'm not sure. That was interesting, I would say. Um, now, this year, they're going to have Machine Gun Kelly perform at the event, which there are people who, I guess, like Machine Gun Kelly's music, but I also think that he is a figure... I don't know. Let's say that he's a polarizing figure. You probably either love him or you hate him. Yes. He's not somebody just like Wiz Khalifa, who I imagine that everyone knows a few songs and yeah, probably, you know, maybe doesn't go all the way into his catalog of albums. But, you know, you can listen to a few songs and you'll know them. And even if you're a casual just fan of music, you'll, Wiz Khalifa performs at the event and you'll know a few songs and be like, oh, OK, this is cool. Yep. I don't know if I could name a single Machine Gun Kelly song. Nope. Not sure how popular he is. Clearly, this is aimed towards a certain demographic of people, and maybe it will work for them. So I'm not going to be negative about it. I just don't fully understand this move. I I mean, he's a name that everybody knows, for sure. So it's not like they're getting some washed-up, irrelevant artists. But I... Also, I'm not sure how many people are going to be super excited. And this is going to be like the, oh, yes, I get a Machine Gun Kelly concert at this NASCAR event. Yeah, I... On one hand, I get it. It's going to potentially draw in a different crowd to NASCAR. On the other hand, ever since Machine Gun Kelly decided he wanted to be like punk pop, instead of a rapper his popularity like started out like super high when he made that change now i hardly hear anything about him so i don't know how super relevant he is at this point it's hard for me to say but i have no interest in machine gun kelly i find him incredibly irritating and i make i'm not going to hide my feelings on that if you like him that's fine you're allowed to I just don't think he I don't think he does anything to draw in a sizable portion of NASCAR fans. Like will he bring in a few fans? Sure. Will some watch after? Maybe, but does this move the needle in any big way artist-wise? No. Not not to me. Just my opinion though. No, I agree. I don't think we're also the target audience here. Sure. We are probably well, I don't know. I may still be in the demographic they're trying to target here, but I'm pretty sure that I'm at the upper end of it if I am still even in this demographic. Yeah. 
And that's not even to say that I'm very old. But since my age now starts with a three instead of a two, maybe that makes me unable to really comment on things of this nature. But hey, Machine Gun Kelly is older than I am by is three he? years. Yeah, he's huh. more than 90. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Yeah, okay. Now we can move on from talking about The Clash. Yeah, we Netflix. Will go... Yes, go for it. So we're probably, I guess, a little bit late to this news because we heard it last week. But pretty cool to hear that Netflix is going to have this NASCAR series we don't know, I guess, how similar it's going to be to the Drive to Survive model. That's kind of what I'm picturing. Yeah. Because they're following certain drivers. But I'm excited because, you know, as somebody who was away from NASCAR for a few years and is getting back into it, you know, head first, diving back in, really immersing myself in it right now for the purposes of this podcast, I'll be watching and if it is as good as and as well produced as Drive to Survive was initially, I'm really excited because this full speed that hits Netflix, I guess it's on the 30th, so we have a little under two weeks until it, it comes out. It's 45-minute episodes. I'm not sure how many they're going to make if they said that, but... They're, they got popular drivers on this show. I mean, they're not getting just kind of random people. Right, right. They've got, let me read it to you. Yeah, go ahead. Christopher Bell and Danny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, William Byron, Kyle Larson, Ross Chastain, Tyler Reddick, and Bubba Wallace. That's, that's and a good... Dale Earnhardt Jr. is an executive producer of the series. Okay, so we'll probably hear from him. But that's, I mean, it's, they're focusing on younger drivers, except maybe Danny Hamlin, you could consider a little bit older than the rest of those guys. Potentially, who? maybe Joey Logano. Uh, he's still kind of young, but the rest of them are kind of young, up-and-coming people who I think are popular, but it's going to draw people in, and hopefully it'll do for NASCAR what Drive to Survive did for F1 and get a bunch of people. I mean, they don't have the whole perfect storm of COVID and everybody locked inside <laughs> for waiting for content. But for those who enjoyed that show and got into motorsports, this hopefully will be something they check out because I think NASCAR has been trying to reach a new audience and that's partially why we're here. We're trying to connect with part of that new audience as well as the diehard fans. But yeah. hey, Getting on Netflix is a big deal, especially when of you course. think about some some other series, you know, like Formula E, as well as others who have had kind of a, an attempt at a little bit of a docu-series and been on irrelevant channels, irrelevant platforms, or just not really moved the needle. So not to call out Formula E, there are other <laughs> series that have done it as well, but it's just not something that you really want to see if you're a fan of a series, you want it to be on a mainstream platform and well-produced, right? With a high-level budget. And I think that's what we're about to get. Yeah. Yeah, well said. I'm excited. I'm definitely going to watch. I, I might try to get... I might try to get Katie to watch it with me. Whoa. 
Since first time saying her name on the show, as only far on as this I know. feed, only on this feed. Okay. And so, I, and I think she would. So, yeah, at least she'll sit there while I watch it. And I think she would actually, you know, a show where it follows the drivers and maybe not so much the racing is a good way to get somebody into the sport. Yeah. So, maybe I'm, I'm for too. that. All right, let's talk about some driver news. Let's start with the one where we will have the least amount to say. Daniel Dye, a truck series driver, is running 10 Xfinity races this year with Colleague Racing. He has not particularly had the best of track records yet. Only had one top 10 finish, I think you told me, in trucks last year. Ran two Xfinity races, finished 17th and 21st. It's unclear how many races the 10 car will run other than the 10 races Daniel Dye is in, but he is running in Daytona, Martinsville, Dover, Iowa, Pocono, Indy, Michigan, Kansas, Vegas, and Phoenix. So he's gotten in some trouble off the track, I think about a year ago from what was told to us as I knock stuff off my desk. It is to be seen if he has learned his lesson. Again, kind of like Noah Gragson, I will wait to... I'm cautious. I am less than cautious. I am not particularly optimistic. I was going to say cautiously optimistic, but that's not what I meant. So we'll leave it there. He got in trouble off the track, like I said, and it looks pretty lousy of him. Looks like a little bit of a punk. So we shall see. Do you want to say anything or do you want me to go on to the next one? No, I think you covered his results. And so from a results standpoint, this is unclear to me why he's even moving up from the truck series after finishing 18th in the standings and having one top 10 last year. Yeah. But potentially there's the money aspect to things. And obviously we know that money is important in this sport. So it's yet to be seen. I have not followed Daniel Dye, to be honest. I know very little about him from other than what we've basically been told recently and the little bit of research that I was able to do before recording today. So I don't have much of an opinion. I'm just looking at his record and trying to be objective about it. And from that piece of it, this will be something that I guess will follow, but I I don't imagine he's going to stand out. Yeah. All right. Moving on. More exciting. We were unsure when we did driver movement what number Justin Haley would be. He's driving in the 51 for Rick Ware and announced racing in almost a full season. He'll be racing 25 races. Kaz Gralla, he ran full-time Xfinity last year with Sam Hunt. He's driving the number 15 Ford as Justin Haley's teammate. He's run a couple Cup Series starts previously, I think six or seven, a couple top 10 finishes. He debuted in the Daytona Road Course 2020. Best finish was sixth at Talladega in 2021. Seems like the kind of the story on him is he's a pretty competent driver, just hasn't really been in the best equipment to date. So he should have an average year. You know, it's it's going to be a little hard in Rick Ware racing cars to contend for wins, but you know he might he might sneak out a a top ten here or there. Maybe, but yeah, you know, I, I think it's a good spot for him to finally get a full or mostly full season Cup Series break. And who knows if he gets a couple decent results in the 
eight or so races that he won't be competing in, you might see him end up getting the funding to compete there. So if we're going to go back to our rating scale, I would say this is a B. I'm not sure how to rate it because I think he's a pretty talented guy. He was one of the youngest winners, if I remember correctly, of a truck race. He won the truck race, I think, at Daytona in 2017. And I think he, I mean, he was pretty young when he did that. 18, I think. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, youngest NASCAR race winner at Daytona International Speedway. He was 18 years old. Yep. And he got the pole. So, he also was the youngest driver to make the playoffs at age 18 during that season in the trucks. So I would say, I mean, it's been a while since 2017 when that happened. And clearly a little momentum has been lost there in the time span since then. But I don't think you lose the talent. And so this will be a way, hopefully, for him to show that he still got it and maybe get back on the radar of some other teams that could potentially provide better opportunities moving forward. Yeah, very well said. Oh, my motorsport.com is playing sound. Did, could you hear that? Nope, I heard nothing. Okay, cool. I was hearing a bunch of annoying ads. Jimmy Johnson. The Who? Seven, I know. Co-owner. <laughs> he's, he's the co-owner of, Jimmy Johnson. of a NASCAR team. I don't know what else he's done. He has his... He's an IndyCar driver, right? He's a yeah, former IndyCar driver. <laughs> he is adding three races to his 2024 season now i think the total is nine they will these three will be with carvana the season opening daytona 500 brickyard 400 at indy which obviously is you know is returning to the oval and the season finale at phoenix dollar tree and family dollar are his other races right now which is for for them is april and dover Kansas in September, Vegas in October, and then he's also going to be in Texas in April, Kansas in May. Where he dominates. The Coke 600 in Charlotte the end of May. So, yeah. So he's got nine races total, kind of breaking up the sponsorship. He wants to keep it around nine because he still has aspirations of racing in Le Mans this summer, the 24-hour race. If, I guess... I don't know if Garage 56 will be a thing there again this year. I don't. I don't know. I think we've seen any news on it at this point. But so yeah, well, I don't think there's too much to add to that one unless there's something you want to say about the Jimmy's Johnson. No, just that he'll be driving the number 84 car, and it'll be the third Legacy Motor Club car that we're going to see on track, in addition to the other full season drivers. So. Hey, I I like seeing this stuff. I really enjoy when people who have had success in the sport and retired still can't get enough of racing and are that passionate about it that they still want to keep coming back, entering events. He's going to be a great way to I don't know, kind of just stay involved and also, you know, tutor or help train, mentor the other drivers on the team. So I look forward to it. And it's a big deal, right? I mean, there are people who probably got into NASCAR at the beginning and Jimmy Johnson was their driver and then maybe don't know who to pick or have moved on to another driver now, but they get to see their guy, right, come back. And so that's always fun. 
and I hope he has some success because he's a he's all around good guy for sure and one of the just absolute legends of the sport. Last driver news I have is Daniel Suarez is pulling double duty at the start of the year he for at the Clash. He will also be entering the NASCAR Mexico Series race with backing from Quaker State. Pretty cool. I honestly don't know too much about the Mexico Series, but Suarez is the only Mexican driver ever to win a Cup Series race, Sonoma 2022, if you forgot. He has raced in the Mexico Series multiple times, winning five races, also won, or also was the runner-up in the championship all the way back in 2013. If you want to watch, Fox Sports 1 will broadcast the Mexico Series race following the class, Oh, and will also be followed by The Clash on the main Fox channel. You can watch it also on Fox Deportes, Fox Sports 3 in Mexico, and other sport other channels if you are not based in the U.S. Is there anything, Frenchie, that I missed in our news no, dump the, here? The NASCAR Mexico thing is pretty interesting because we've seen some pretty famous Mexican drivers driving that series. Yeah. Um, people like Michelle Jordan Jr., you know, that have had success in other racing series. I, I think, is Adrian Gutierrez? Or Adrian Fernandez. I'm sorry, Adrian Fernandez. I don't remember. I said Gutierrez because so, I was just looking at it, and there was a, <laughs> a driver who I'm not familiar with uh, who has won a lot with the last name Gutierrez. Um, okay. Has Adrian Fernandez participated in that? I want to see. But I think that's going to be fun. To watch those that I mean that Quaker State livery looks cool. It does, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I think the other piece of news there was one other thing, if I remember correctly, that we were going to talk about. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix dissecting the the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the checkered flag. I know, you mentioned something to me before we hit record, and that was like 25 minutes yeah, ago, no, so I don't remember. Well... 
Jeffrey Earnhardt signed a multi-race deal with Sam Hunt Racing in the Xfinity Series. (laughs) No, that was definitely not it. I am just scrolling. I am just scrolling through. Stephen Parsons is running NASCAR trucks with Henderson. Trackhouse Racing. Trackhouse Racing signed rising star Connor Zilish as a development driver. People speak very highly of him, so that's cool. NASCAR truck star Corey Heim is expanding his 2024 Xfinity schedule to include multiple races. There is no number determined, but his first one will be March 2nd in Vegas. So about got like six weeks from now. And yeah, that is all I have in potential news to talk about. So let's just wrap it there. We're at like 25 minutes. You got it? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, it was oh, the yeah, Hall of ahead. Fame that was important to mention. I think we've got the Hall of Fame uh, happening, I think it's this Friday evening uh, in Charlotte at the, at the facility right in there in Charlotte, North Carolina. And we're going to see Jimmy Johnson being inducted, somebody we just spoke about, Donnie Allison, uh, Chad Knauss, and um, let's see who else. Janet Guthrie is going to be honored as the recipient of the Landmark Award for Outstanding Contributions to NASCAR. So I guess that doesn't mean she's being yeah. inducted, but she's still receiving an award. I, I don't know. It's, it's always cool to see people added to the Hall of Fame. I sometimes wish that like F1 and IndyCar had a Hall of Fame, right? I think that'd be cool because... It's like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I always like watching that. I always think it's cool to see these old bands or musicians get together, kind of recognize for their influence and all that kind of stuff. But I guess, yeah, we can leave it there. Those are the inductees. I'm sure we'll see a lot of coverage about the induction and probably some clips and everything on social media. But, hey, we got to just mention these, these other things, these other important developments to make sure that we are giving our NASCAR listeners everything they need, so they don't need to unsubscribe or to all of them. To any other except podcast. like Dale Juniors because he has some cool history exactly. stuff on there. Like that's okay, we'll allow that. Otherwise, yeah. Otherwise, just just hit unsubscribe. Like just just make your life easier and just just listen here. Yeah, as you're yes. as you're hitting subscribe on ours and following us on social media, follow us individually as well. Uh, our, the links to our individual profiles on Instagram and Twitter are both on the Pit Pass NASCAR pages, respectively. So hopefully we'll start to get some more interaction and gain some traction with some of the NASCAR fans out there. I want to mingle, I guess, virtually with these people and hear what they like, what they don't like, and what they want us to talk about on this show. Yeah, agreed. Please let us know your thoughts. Subscribe, leave a review, like social media posts. I don't know what else to say, so we'll be back next week with whatever we can come up with.